Welcome to the Voice of Many podcast show with Yolanda and Vanessa. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Our podcast would not be possible without you and our sponsor, Z-Funk Productions. We have the privilege to have with us tonight Mr. Charles Talbert, who is the author of Hidden Secrets of a Married Man. Welcome to the mic. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here tonight. Charles, if you will, please share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're located. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. Uh, Currently, I'm in the beautiful state of Georgia. Uh, Atlanta is the city. Uh, actually, I'm in a smaller town called Hogansville, way out in the country. We call it the country, you know, where not too many people will visit. <laughs> but, it's a, but, it's, but it's a good place where I can write books where it's nice and quiet. <laughs> I don't have to worry about airplanes. <laughs> and so, you know, I was really born in Cleveland, Ohio. And then, uh, you know, my parents, unfortunately, you know, went their separate ways. And so my mom, you know, she decided to move to Los Angeles. And then we didn't last long until so she moved us to San Francisco. That didn't last long. And then she moved us to Sacramento. And I said, you know what? I put on the brakes. I said, you know what? Enough is enough. It's time for me to go somewhere where I can just be in one spot. In I one spot. I understand that. So that's when I decided to move back to Los Angeles. I stayed there for about 20 years. And then I said, hmm, let me try something different. I'm not going to do all that moving like my mom did, but I'm going to go to Atlanta and just stay right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell us how how you came about hidden secrets of a married man? Most certainly. It began by just imagination and experience from other people. Not necessarily me, but other people's experiences. For example, I would listen to their stories. I, you know, since I've been married twice, you know, you know, I see a collaboration here of, of issues and dramas that's been going on in, in their lives. And I said, you know what, hmm, you know, I had a moment after, you know, being married twice, you know, you know how when your mind goes through re- reflection. Oh, yeah. Uh, what could have, what could have been, what it should have been, you know, it reminded me that, that song, Her, could have been. But anyways, you know, this is the kind of thing that, you know, people do after a breakup. And so, you know, one day when I said, you know what, hidden secrets of a married man, you know, I heard a lot of guys have cheated in the family, even in my family. A lot of the men have cheated. I don't know why we cheat. I don't understand. Is it, is it genetic? I don't understand. But it's a parent that right just absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And so, and I'll be the first to admit I, I, I'm guilty of, of done that myself. At least I, I was able to own up to it. <laughs> and that's when I was young. I was young when I did it. So now, here it is, I have an opportunity to sit down and write a book and collaborate all these thoughts and bring up a plot and, and then the experiences. And then I said, hidden, hidden. Well, obviously, people hide. And it's not just the men, it's the women too cheat. So this book is not about male bashing and it's not subjected to one situation. You, you won't see a lot of things going through this book. And then when you finish the book, you're like, hmm, that makes sense. So that's why I wrote a book called Hidden Secrets of the Married Man. 
where did the motivation come from? I know you got it from other people and their experiences. Um, what really made the passion for you to write it and put it on paper and sell it? It's called education and awareness. Awareness comes from knowing this is what happens in a relationship when trust is built. The education part is, comes from when you can learn from it and don't go into another relationship and make the same mistake. By reading the book, it's in hopes that people say, you know, I'm not going that route. I'm going to try to make it work. That was my motivation. Now, can you share with us, I know you've been married um, several times as well as myself, and I can relate mm-hmm. to, to the book. Um, I started reading it as well. Can you share with us at least two experiences and how they reflect back to the book? Absolutely. You know, with the first marriage, you know, I've been married for 20 years in the first marriage. And for the most part, it has gone pretty great until the latter end, it got rather aggressive on her end. What I mean by aggressive, like taking charge all the time, not allowing the man to be the man, per se, of the house. The man is supposed to go out, you know, so typically, you know, make the bread, you know, bring the bacon home while the wife takes care of the home. I mean, that's typical. Now, I understand that we're in a, a time where both work, and that's okay. But there's communication. There was no communication in that first marriage. So that's what really led to what is called adultery or infidelity. You know, trying to take charge, not allowing uh, the man to be a man. And then don't want to communicate this, you know, where is the person to run to another uh, person, which is usually what ends up happening. And so unfortunately where, you know, when you read the book and when you see, you know, where at the end where she says, how could you, how could you? Well, I can, <laughs> I can recall hearing that before. How could you? Because she actually found out that I cheated. And when she found out, I straightened up. I really did. And I was like, whew, that's not a good experience to feel. Especially during a breakup, it don't matter who cheated. You know, it's the fact you both feel the hurt if you really love that person. And so it's not a good feeling. And then when I think about the second marriage, however, I don't consider that even a marriage at all. It was a total opposite. Typically, people marry somebody, you know, like the first person, you know, that could remind them of the first person. But, no, I I did did the total opposite. And so, unfortunately, that relationship just went to Hades, you know. And and you, as you read the book, you you know, you'll see some relevance or something that I can relate to, which is why I wrote it in there. You'll see it. So, I mean, even with those marriages, they're both good women. It, it just it is what it is, and I learned my lesson. And let me tell you something else. If you if you read the book, there's another point as far as dating. You've been married for so long, so long. Now here it is. All of a sudden, you got to start all over again. Then go into that dating scene. You don't even know how how it is anymore. You don't know how to act. You don't, <laughs> you don't even know how to respond. Are you supposed to say, hey, baby, or uh, I don't know. How does this thing work? The baby thing has changed. Yes. You know, just listening to you talk about both of your marriages, it is interesting how 
um, it went from one extreme to the next. And in your book, you do cover that. And it is a shocker, you know, in just the, the opening of the book. But whenever Absolutely. you brought up a good point is that whenever the infidelity happens, the person has to be willing to change. And a lot of times, instead of changing, they continue on. So that that leads to a lot, a lot of hurt that continues. It certainly does. And if I can interject, I don't understand how people, I'm just going to say people, how can they handle more than two people while they're married, outside of the marriage? How do they do it? I, I, I it, it, I was just trying to juggle, you know, just deal with one wife, you know, and that, that was just enough for me. But, you know, tempting to try to juggle another woman, it, it became, you know, a burden for me. Yeah. You know, and I can't speak for other people. I just can speak for myself. They can have it, but they can have it. That's <laughs> <laughs> just too much. I'm like Sinbad. I'm like Sinbad. Why would you try to go with a young woman know that you're 55 years old and you're trying to hang around with a 25-year-old? I know what I can't you do for you. <laughs> so I'm like saying that for real. I mean, I mean, I'd be at the airport and I see these young women attracted looking at me. I was like, okay, uh, first of all, you're at the age of my daughter. <laughs> Second of all, we have nothing in common. You can't. You don't even know who the OJs are. <laughs> <laughs> you probably thinking I'm talking about orange juice. No, I'm talking about the old days of Bruce. <laughs> oh boy, that's true. I mean, really. I mean, and the best thing that Sinbad said, you know, the best thing a, a young woman can do that's more than twenty years older than you is put you to the grave and make sure she gets you insurance money. That's the best thing she can do for you. That's what he is. Sure enough, right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, I better stick to somebody close to my age. And, and you know the funny thing he said? You know, you better hold on to that woman about your age. She's going to make sure that leg works. She's going to make sure you can walk. <laughs> She's going to make sure you can uh, still fit these pants. She's going to make sure you get to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Because young girls now, they don't know how to cook. I mean, between the cooking, the cleaning, no. I mean, you have to be able to take care of a man 100%. Not just take care of the bedroom. You just don't want to do the bedroom because the bedroom is only going to keep them for so long. And that's going to get old. Right. So, you know, you got to be able to take care of the mind, the body, and his soul. So. Man. There you go. It's, it's, it's a package deal. Yes, it is. And the same goes for the men. You have to take care of the woman. It's a package deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of it is. And, and one thing I do point out in this book, it, it's about communication. When, when you're done reading the book, you're going to really see that, you know, there was a lack of communication and there was some communication. Then you're going to see, you know, how the dating scene has changed, as I mentioned earlier. And then you will also see, you know, the awareness of protecting yourself while you're dating. Protecting yourself if you decide, to, you know, to get intimate with someone. 
Mm. And it's very unfortunate, you know, in even marriage, you gotta, you know, make sure that your, you know, your, your husband or your wife is, is, is uh, you don't help me up. Or you don't help me up. Mm. I'm just checking around. I mean, mm. do we need to wear protection or something? What, 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 what? You know, so those are the things that, uh, that is really in the book. So Charles, um, I know your book came out on September 15th and you sold mm-hmm. over a thousand copies. So can you mm-hmm. please tell our listeners how they themselves can, um, acquire one of your copies of your book? Well, uh, it is sold in, in Target. It is sold on Amazon, Barnes Noble. It is even sold in the UK, Blackwell, blackwell.com and for anyone who's in the UK. Okay. So what, what I've noticed, I have more traffic between Amazon and Barnes Noble. I don't understand. I don't know why, but they're all online right now. So they have to obtain these copies online due to the COVID uh, situation. The Hidden Secrets of a Married Man is our answer to Terry McMillan. We're looking forward to having you back to join us, possibly in February, so we can have a discussion panel um, about your book um, and to just hear other women as well. I mean, cause so many of us um, have experienced um, what your book presents and not just women, mm-hmm. but also men. So um, Absolutely. We're looking at having men and women both um, on our panel for you at that time. Um, and listeners will have a date for you here shortly, but I um, just wanted to let you know that um, more is to come. More is to come. And please support. Grab this book and you will enjoy reading it. And Mr. Talbert, I'd like to say thank you so much for joining us. If you have any other words you would like to share to our listeners, please go right ahead. Absolutely. I want, to, I want you all to understand that anytime I write books, I write it in a, in a fiction and in, in, with the uh, intentions for it to go into a movie. And so there's my hopes that this, this storyline, this book will go into the movie. So keep, keep your eyes out and ears. You know, this is my intention. I appreciate you listening, listening to this broadcast. Thank you very much. Oh, and before we go, can you please share with our listeners any, um, what, what projects do you have going on and taking place at this time? Right now, I, I just completed my second book. That's called Split Personality in a Bible. And that book entails, remember that movie called The Nundy Professor? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's kind of like on that, on that road. But the difference, however, this, this, this gentleman gets caught up in, in, in the line of drinking. And when he drinks, he blacks out. And when he blacks out, he becomes his other person. He doesn't remember who, who, who he is. He don't know what he's done until he wakes up as an introvert, a nerd, and finds himself in a, a, a luxurious apartment in a brand new car. And he's like, what, where did all this come from? But when he blacks out, he becomes this aggressive extrovert, you know, a go-getter, you know, a personality that really was inside him, but he didn't discover that until the end. So it's a good plot. Almost like I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but on the there you, side. There you go. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then my third book that I'm really beginning to start on uh, is, is called Slavery in My Own Black Yard. Now, that's a true base story. Mm. So that will probably won't be out until September. I tell you, you have your hands full. Busy man. Mm-hmm. Very busy. That's a good thing. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It keeps you out of trouble. That's for sure. Keep me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt no. I don't want no trouble. I don't want no. I don't want no problem. No, I'm trying to do right, act right. <laughs> I apologize. That's that country coming out. I'm, I'm a city boy. I'm from the, I'm really from the city in West Coast. I just inherited this, you know, this country accent. You know, I don't know where it came from. It just burst. I'm in the store saying, "My, get that chewing gum right there." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. How much you say? A dollar four nine. Dollar four nine. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Maya. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Then when I go, then I'm in the West Coast, all of a sudden, you know, my action gets right again. I don't know what is that. <laughs> yes, let me have the, uh, you know, give me, no, no, listen, listen. I just need that chewing gum, okay? You understand? Okay, good, good deal, good deal. How much will it be again? Okay, dollar four nine. No problem. Yeah. Okay, no problem. You see how that changed up? <laughs> Wait till I get to New York. Oh man! I'm gonna change up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you again for being on our show. I enjoy yeah. it. I look forward to the next one. Okay. Yes, sir. We look forward to having you back. We really do. Oh, and yeah. Thank, and thank you to our listeners for listening to the Voices Many podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, please contact us on our many social media web pages. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, and we hope to talk to you later.